0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Guide on VEASAN, the sports betting network.
4: Welcome in, folks. Second hour of the Pro Football Betting Guide special. Got a lot to get to here in this hour. Coming up a little bit later, we're going to talk about the MVP race. A little bit of a different perspective with Aaron Moore on how to uh, beat the board when it comes to the MVP and how to bet it. Uh, But we teased this going out, so let's talk about it. A fascinating division because the NFC East is uh, one that is usually rife with parity. Pritch, a lot of the teams, and you can pretty much say this about the National Football League, right, it's football, so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of parity there. Uh, The worst team can beat the best team on any given day. Um, But the NFC East always seems to be a bunch of teams that are kind of just stacked on a similar plane with one another every single year. And the Cowboys come in. I think the most fragile of the division favorites, and it shows in the odds. Only plus one forty to win the NFC East, right behind them are the Eagles at plus one sixty. Get the Commanders at five to one, and then of course the Giants at eight to one. But that dynamic between Philly and Dallas. Let's talk about that really quickly. Where do you stack these two up? Because I think if you look at it from the Cowboys' perspective, um, this it comes into a year where. I think they are uh, due from a fall from the perch after a season. Ago. Yeah, uh, eventually, right? I think a lot is going to fall on the shoulders of Dak because they're just different
1: offensively. The offensive line, everybody knows about the injuries. Uh, you get rid of a, a, a true number one. At, at during during times, I would say this about Mari Cooper, uh, I'm excited about CeeDee Lamb turning into a number one uh, there. But yet, I've said this along the way. I, I mean, you think about it's a passing league, uh, and then you look at the receiving situation for the Cowboys, they're a bruised shoulder away with C.D. Lamb of being very, very thin at that mm-hmm. position, non-explosive too. So now, what are you going to do? I mean, offensively, uh, Zeke he averaged about 13 carries a game. Pollard got about eight, or maybe you can round it up and go to nine, if you will. They're going to have to improve that, I think, skew it higher. But now you got offensive line issues to do that. Uh, so a lot is going to fall back on the shoulders of Dak Prescott, which it should. But defensively, uh, I- I'm excited about Micah Parsons. I'm excited about a lot of people. Uh, And the personnel that they have on that side of the ball, the question marks too, moving forward is McCarthy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You
4: have to have it, right? It's an undisciplined team. I I put it this way: I always tell Matt Evans, who, by the way, wrote up the NFC East. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike McCarthy is not a coach who adds wins at the margins, right? Head coaches can do enough where they'll their decisions can add just that, whatever percentage it is, but that percentage that you're going to win a game. You add wins at the margin, right. and Mike McCarthy's not going to do that.
1: Right, and, you know, pull back the curtain to the Cowboys. What does Jerry Jerry Jura want? I mean, he wants Mike to be Jimmy. He wants
4: Sean Payton, really. Oh,
1: well, he's going to get him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might get him, but he wants the guy, you know, to stand back and let the coordinators coordinate. I mean, that's why you have uh, the coordinators that you have, and certainly Mike McCarthy's learning To step back like you want to be a play caller I'll never forget this JVT Uh, the fun part about being a play caller uh, or or being a head coach and play caller is is fun Mm -hmm. you know Super Bowl winning head coaches would say that right and uh, it's like McCarthy I know he wants to call plays but he can't yeah he can't think about that he cannot call plays and uh, and so now can you manage your team can you manage your staff can you guys avoid uh, undisciplined plays and and certainly uh, make it harder on yourselves and uh, for me as a coach, he has not evolved into that. So that's the biggest question mark. I think the Eagles on paper have closed the gap, but the Cowboys, because everybody
4: else has been so horrible within the division, they've dominated the division, really. Yep. And well, not horrible anymore. As you said, humans wrote up this division, and he's high on the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. And uh, as he even notes in there, too. Uh, a total or a play on this team to win the NFC East for him uh, is the way to go for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, I would not quibble with, if you want to tell me the Eagles have the best roster in this division, I I do believe that is the case. If you look at them from top to bottom, Uh, the two offensive and defensive lines, the two trenches, they are strengths for this Mm -hmm. team. Wide receiving core deep skill positions are fantastic, but it always comes back to who is your quarterback and what the development is going to be like. And there is a reason Pritch, where if you look at Jalen hurts, what the Eagles are, all depends on what he's going to be. Okay. Because where you go through a seven-week stretch, or excuse me, an eight-week stretch, where seven of those eight weeks you throw for under 200 yards as a passer, in today's NFL, it doesn't really work. And when you get to the postseason and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go, go ahead, Jalen, we're going to load up the box. You're not going to run anything on us. And we're going to see if you can beat us and you get blown out in that playoff game. That's where my resistance comes okay. in backing Philadelphia. You talk about projecting. So what's your projection for Jalen Hurts? Does he take that next step as a passer? Because if he does, this is a really good team, man, overall. Right, right.
1: It's a great point too, JVT. And I think, okay, here's the projection. That's why we go out and get AJ Brown. Yeah. Because what we just talked about, it's a matchup league when you get later in the calendar. It's not about scheme. Like, the Eagles can scheme their way uh, through the regular season uh, until you get to those critical games, certainly later on in the year when teams know what you're going to do, in particular in the playoffs, you know exactly what you're going to do, the whole tendency thing, the sheet and all that, so long, right? Uh, But what can they do if they can't match up, though? Like, we know the Eagles, they play with six eligibles. Jalen Hurts is a run threat guy. Uh, So you have six eligibles instead of the max five. Mm -hmm. If you're not worried about protection, you can get highly creative, which we saw the Eagles do that. Is Jalen Hurts going to sit in a pocket and pick teams apart? No, but they don't, they don't want to be that. They want to add players around Jalen to where, okay, we can still get play action. We can still get to our six eligibles, but now we have matchups. So what they do want to play us one-on-one, we, we feel pretty good about that guy. And so that'll show up in the playoffs. And that, To me, if you're optimistic about the Eagles, that's what the Eagles are telling us. Uh, it's up to them to be able to execute that, but uh, you know I, I think I think Jalen Hurts. The sky's the limit for what he can do as a two-way player, and then certainly with the the. Uh personnel that he has around him right now, and all, on top of that, that defense, too.
4: Yeah, and to you, we talked about these numbers so for Lamar Jackson, for Jalen Hurts, Right. Uh, no play action, uh, 6.4 yards per attempt, 10 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, uh, committed a turnover-worthy play on 3.5% of his dropbacks. So, right. and, and the turnover-worthy plays were kind of a thing for Jalen Hurts as well. Overall, turnover-worthy play rate of 3.9% is very high. Right. Again, a turnover-worthy play on 3.9% of his pass attempts, that's something that's got to get a little bit better, too. Right, right, because, be Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah, because each and every year, and this is, you know, from from a former player standpoint, we're not going to just change our offense. Mm-hmm. We're going to still run the same things. But how can we evolve it, though? Yeah. Like, what do we need to do? Do we need to improve concepts? Or do we have to implement concepts? Or do we improve our personnel? So if you think about Shane Steichen, offense coordinator, think about Sirianni. From a betting standpoint, those guys are not going to change what they know. Mm-hmm. They're not going to try to reinvent the wheel. They're just going to try to enhance it if they can. And uh, to me, A.J. Brown perhaps presents that opportunity. Hurts has
4: been given – he's been given everything, though. Right. right? Unlike a, you know, we didn't really talk about him, but Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Fields, I feel, I was not given a fair shake at all with this offseason, the way the Bears approached it. Right. They gave him nothing. Right. right? But – The Eagles have done everything on both sides of the ball to give Hertz the best team around him to succeed as a passer. And we'll see if that's going to be the case. The other weapon, of course, that you always use, and Mm -hmm. especially it's mentioned multiple times in the NFL betting guide, strength of schedule, but not the classic strength of schedule, right, where people go through last year's records, and then, of course, they go, okay, this is the strength of schedule for that team because that does not include for improvement. NFL win totals do when it comes to a betting perspective. So when you evaluate the Philadelphia Eagles strength of schedule from a projected win total standpoint, they have the second easiest schedule in the national football league. The first easiest schedule in the national football league belongs to their divisional rival, the New York giants. Right. And a team that I am for a team that is projected to win seven ish games relatively high on coming into this year. And we were talking about this off the air. I, at least did the, I'll ask you this. Mm-hmm. Commanders or Giants, who do you believe the better team to be? Because the, the market clearly says it's Washington, and I don't think I don't know if that's the case.
1: I mean, where are we going, though? From a personnel standpoint, you could probably I, – I get why people lean on Washington, yeah. right, from a personnel standpoint. But from the entire organization, it's yeah. not even a question. Staff, that's what I'm I saying, mean, including
4: staff, right. all these things, yeah. right? Yeah, and,
1: and who can figure it out? Because that's the big part about the National Football League is we have to adjust and figure it out. Each and every week. Mm-hmm. Like, who can figure out who do you rely on or who do you want to bet on? Do you want to bet on Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio? No, because <laughs> Del Rio is not going to figure out anything. Um, but do I want to bet on Dable eventually figuring it out with that staff and that GM? Yes, absolutely. Because I think uh, it's the brighter days are ahead for the Giants in that organization because of the talent level now that they have running the ship or, or, or you know steering the ship here. But the only question mark I have. JVT is the intrigue about the future. Like, Daniel Jones is not the future. They didn't fifth-year option a guy, or they're not going to offer him a contract unless he earns it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, He's playing on his fifth-year option. So with that hanging over his head, I I wonder how he's going to respond. But then the intrigue of getting perhaps a franchise quarterback, like a C.J. Stroud and uh, a Rice Young, I mean, all this stuff. And I, I wonder if that comes into play at
4: any moment during the season for the Giants. I I mean, I think you're in a position where, if you look at it, you're kind of in a win-win situation because if you roll him out there and he doesn't hit, Mm -hmm. more than likely, from a record standpoint, you're going to be in position to get one of those top picks. And if he does – well, then maybe you got your quarterback of the future, you sign him to a relatively cheap deal, and you can move on from there. That's the bet, right? Right, and here's the thing, too, between these two, which is why I also lean toward, like, I have a bet on the New York Giants to go over their win total. Okay. Uh, if you compare these two, and this is, I always say this, this is only just one outlet's measurement of a quarterback. But if you're going by PFF like, grades from a passing standpoint, mm-hmm. Daniel Jones was the better quarterback last year in comparison to Carson Wentz. Daniel Jones
1: allows you to get to six eligibles, too. Mm-hmm. Like, don't forget about his athletic ability. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can because he tripped over to turf monster (laughs) against the Eagles, I believe that was right. Uh, But no, I I think if Dable, if you believe he can enhance his game, like he did Josh Allen, then he's going to bring out the best uh, of Daniel Jones. But to me, the bet is, is how is that player going to respond knowing that his future literally is in his hands right now? I mean, Joe Flacco was able to do that. We saw that. Uh, can Daniel Jones cash it in? Can he cash in a lottery ticket?
4: Yep. And that, to me, is the bet this season uh, with the New York Giants. And again, it helps that you have the easiest schedule in the NFL this season. That would be the New York. Uh, that would be the New York Giants who own that. Uh, by the way, from the humans' write-ups here, uh, when it comes to the two worst teams in the division, and actually in three of the four teams, just to double-check this, uh, three of the four teams recommended under-win totals by humans in the NFC East: Cowboys, Washington, and of course the Giants. Mm-hmm. The loan over the Philadelphia Eagles, okay. who we, again, is pretty high on coming into this. But make sure you check this out. Again, the football betting guide, it's absolutely tremendous, chock full of information, vison.com slash subscribe, only available to subscribers this year. Uh, so can't buy them all a cart, but why would you? Because guess what? This is the dirty secret. You ready for this? Not only do you sign up, you get the 2022 Pro Football Betting Guide mm-hmm. and the 2022 College Football Betting Guide. You were signed up to the Super Bowl with that package, right, 175 bucks. Yeah. You know what that includes? Pro basketball and college basketball, which will be coming out when the season begins. So don't forget that, folks. Football's here, but part of this deal includes everything we have to offer through the Super Bowl, and that's when we get to the hardwood. When we come back, though, let's talk a little MVP with Aaron Moore next.
6: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L E E S A dot slash iHeart.
5: This is Visan's Pro Football Betting
4: Guide on Visan, the sports betting network. VSIN has an all new lineup for football season starting tomorrow, folks. Every weekday, 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll see and hear VSIN Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw. VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown at 4 p.m. Eastern. By the way, I'll be filling in on the show on Fridays. Tim Murray, Sean King are going to bring you Prime Primetime at 6 Eastern. Femi Bebefe, Wes Reynolds tackle the live games with VSIN Live Bet tonight at 9. And the Greg Peterson Experience wraps it at midnight. Plus, Brett Musburger makes his return to VSIN with Brett Musburger's Countdown to kick off at noon Eastern on Sundays starting September 11th. Of course, leading into me. I think I think that's the whole premise of Brent being there, leading into my program right after that. Right, Pritch? I Absolutely. I think that's the total point. I was told to ad-lib. This is my ad-lib. Head to vston.com for more details and become a subscriber today. I think that was the whole premise. It's a great lead-in, by the way, if you think about it. Uh, right. Wow. Now, if I get fired in the next few days, you probably know why, because <laughs> I was alleging that Brent Musburger is a lead-in to me. Um, there's a reason why I'm not mentioned there. All right, let's talk a little bit about... The MVP race and what this is going to look like. Aaron Moore, who does a fantastic job at all the publications and writing up on the website, uh, contributed a fantastic article. To this Aaron, first off, it's good to see you. Uh, second off, let's talk about this most valuable player, which has kind of become a actually I shouldn't
2: say kind of it's become a quarterback's award. Has it not? good to see you guys first of all and jbt you're right i think when we look at handicapping the mvp award we're going to focus on the quarterback then we're going to focus on more quarterbacks and then we're not going to think about wide receivers and we're not really going to think about running backs because that's what recent history tells us that's how the changing game is when we look at the nfl from an analytic standpoint as well as a media narrative standpoint it's about the quarterback, statistic wise and focus wise.
1: You know, Aaron, it's a great point, and let's make it easy uh, for betters out there. I mean, uh, focusing in on the quarterbacks, but more importantly, who can seize the narrative though? Like, and at what point, right? I mean, in the beginning of the season, I think you can make a case for a narrative for a lot of guys, and that's why we have the odds the way they do. We have them, uh, but along the way, Aaron Rodgers took a, a hit. Uh, in terms of a narrative uh, along the way, but yet he still uh, was able to come out on top from an MVP standpoint. So uh, from a narrative, if you follow that, do you have any advice or or any insight on, on how to follow a narrative?
2: And I do think that's an interesting point, Pritch. When we look at the NFL and we handicap it, we're often handicapping statistics. We're often looking at lines, who's favorite, who's underdogs. But if you bet the futures market in terms of award, you have to look at the narrative. Who's getting the focus? Who is the attention going towards? You watch the different media outlets as to see who is the cover boy for us here at Vizen It's Josh Allen, that he right now is the holder of the narrative to start the season. He's the favorite, the expectations are there, all of the uh, bills futures are relying on Josh Allen, and therefore he's going to get the attention. So to go back to your question, you if you're going to bet futures, you have to look at who the media is covering. You have to follow social media, who's getting a lot of mentions, because those voters are media members. Those voters want to latch themselves onto interesting stories. And when you mention Aaron Rodgers, he was interesting what we thought for a bad reason about getting the award last year, but it turned out he sure got a lot of attention he sure led to a lot of clicks in the media world and i think that along with a fantastic season he had last year that led to him winning his second straight mvp
4: so aaron if i'm out there and this is not me uh but if i'm out there and i'm like no i think the bills are the best team i think josh allen is the best quarterback he is going to win this how do i approach it do i just run out there and take 650 with josh allen to win mvp
2: It's nothing I I would really recommend is the 650. He is a favorite. And in the article I mentioned, short favorites not named Brady or Manning don't do well as preseason favorites to win this award. So if you just look at it from an ROI standpoint, the 650, I think you want more because of the tenuous situation the short favorites are in the preseason. One of the points that I made in the article was the whole football world is going to be watching that Thursday night against the Rams. Josh Allen has a great game. Betters, media members are going to say, see, we told you, look how good he is. Let's say he has a poor game. And all of a sudden that narrative might change. Josh Allen is not ready for primetime. The Bills, as much as we thought they were in the offseason, they aren't really that. That very well might happen, and we know in the NFL things change so quickly. So my idea is if you want to bet Josh Allen, don't run out and do it. Watch that first game. If he has a great game, the odds aren't going to change dramatically to lower that 650. He has a poor game. Maybe those odds go up a little bit higher, and you can buy Josh Allen on the low side. It could be as early as the end of week one.
4: And what's intriguing about Josh, too, Aaron, is this is a guy who we mentioned this earlier. This is the first time that he's working with his play caller this year. He's had Brian Dable for the last four years. Maybe there is a growing pain in like a relationship kind of figuring it out there off to a little bit of a slower start statistically, and thus they catches on gets a little bit better as the year progresses. And as we know, everybody just remembers what they saw last. Even a poor start to the year for multiple weeks is not going to eliminate him from this competition.
2: Sure, and, and I think you just go back to Aaron Rodgers last year. There was many times we said, oh, there's no way he can win the award, and he won the award. Yep. So if you are betting on Josh Allen, you are betting on Ken Dorsey as well. You are betting on the Buffalo Bills to do something they have not done in a long time, and that is be the number one team and keep that status. So when you put those factors together, all of a sudden that 650 doesn't look that high. It doesn't look that enticing because there's a lot more of Josh Allen winning the MVP than him just running and throwing the ball.
1: You know, Aaron, the, the Pro Football Betting Guide has so much information. I mean, people can uh, and they we, they have our experts have made a case about some longer shots, right? And uh, and some people out there that could perhaps uh, win this award from a volatility standpoint. Uh, you know, what advice do you have or, or can you look further down the board here uh, and anticipate maybe some numbers changing? I, I, I am already like Lamar Jackson coming back. Uh, and if he gets off to a hot start, his number is going to change. Dak Prescott uh, further down the board uh, with everything on his shoulders. His number is certainly going to change. And then Derek Carr, uh, intriguing about what people are perceiving about Derek Carr right now.
2: Absolutely. Pritch, I agree with you 100%. A a, a prediction I would make right now is that MVP market's going to change quickly, and very likely Lamar Jackson is going to be popular. You can get him for more than two to one than you can get Josh Allen now. And from a narrative standpoint, he looks great on film. He does so well in terms of creating highlights. There's going to be this very likely narrative. I think you read it in the betting guide, how many people are uh, high on Baltimore this year. The return of the Ravens. So there's a lot going for Lamar Jackson to be an early fast mover on the board. And you can say the same thing with Prescott, and you can say the same thing with Derek Carr. Derek Carr, I'm a little bit hesitant on just because of the division. That somebody in that division with all those good quarterbacks and all of those high expectations, somebody's going to lose two games to an opponent. The Raiders might lose twice to the Chargers. Those two losses would be very difficult for Carr. The Raiders might lose twice to Denver. Denver might lose twice to Kansas City. So I see a certain amount of headbutting in that division that's going to make it difficult for someone like carr. Now you have a little bit higher optimism in that case for Mahomes and certainly Herbert in that situation and Russell Wilson. So Carr is going to be popular because I think his odds are higher. And there's going to be people, as JBT said earlier in the show, that automatically equate high odds with value. And that always isn't the case. So the higher odds of an AFC West quarterback are going to be Derek Carr doesn't necessarily mean there's a lot of value on Derek
4: Carr. So, Aaron, I like the way you put this in your article, too, in the uh, the Pro Football Betting Guide. So I'll just ask the question that's posed in the article. Are there any Adrian Peterson's or Ladanian Tomlinson's out there this year?
2: I say no because the game is different. There are very few running backs that play all three downs. Ladanian Tomlinson would play all three downs. Third down, he was a great back to receive the ball. Adrian Peterson got a ton of carries. Those are changing right now because we don't, we, what we see is the offensive coordinators don't want to overexpose running backs to carries. They have third down backs that the analytics say bringing in a third down back is going to give you a fresher player. He's probably a better decision than your better running back. So I don't think there are the big backs that are going to get the 25, 30 carries. And I don't necessarily think there's going to be a lot of running backs out there who are going to get three downs, uh, per possession.
4: All right, Aaron, before we get you out of here, then just put a, Put a bow on it. Your angle for MVP coming into this year, who is it?
2: My angle is Justin Herbert. And I think from a narrative standpoint, last year we saw the numbers. We see now he's in his third season. There's so many expectation for the Chargers that if the Chargers can finally be that winning team, and I think there is going to be a difference in their win-loss because of the additions that they've made. Khalil Mack, Kyle Van Noy. So I think Justin Herbert has the ability to use his talent and ride a higher level of narrative than the Chargers have had in the past.
4: Aaron, it's always good to talk to you. Public Relations Prof up on Twitter. Uh, you can give him a follow. Fantastic article as always, and we'll talk again soon, sir.
2: Thank you very much, guys. Good luck to you.
4: Got it. Luck you to too. You. I tell you what, Pritch, and I yeah. think you're going to like this as we head into the year. Football's changing, mm-hmm. and the value of these positions are changing. And what is the one position that has seen, I would say, the biggest uptick in value over the last two or three seasons? Oh, wide receiver? I think a wide receiver <laughs> MVP's on the way. Oh, the franchise wide receiver's out there now. And there's a lot of them. There's yeah. a lot of good candidates well, Cooper out there, Cup. Too. So there's an argument that Cooper Cup didn't win it last year. Yeah, like, yeah. who's going to win it? Right. Look, I'm going to be fascinated, and I think it's going to take a little bit, but we saw it with the Heisman a couple of yeah. years ago. But as the value of the wide receiver increases, I think we're going to get a little bit closer to that too. All right, when we come back, we talked a little bit MVP. Let's talk about it from a handle perspective, that and much more with Ben Fox. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Guide on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Yeah. A lot of animosity in the studio. A Lot of animosity. No, no, no. We all get along. Hey, really quickly, a reminder for all of you who are watching and listening uh, that it is Miller Time. Make sure you check out your next wins brewing. Compete for a share of forty-one thousand dollars in total cash prizes, August through December. Thirteen contest: baseball, football, basketball. Get a free entry. You've Got to be twenty-one or older. Though, check out all the details at DraftKings.com/slash Miller Lite. Ben Fox is joining us here at the desks, the NFL betting guide special. Ben, what you think of the Pro Football Betting Guide, huh? I know you read every single word so far.
7: Every single word, guys. Over 100 pages. I did it all myself, actually. Nice. I think that's why I have dark circles under my eyes. No, we, <laughs> we had a great team uh, put it together. I think a ton of great information here. You guys have done a great job starting to hit on it, and the rest of today as well. And should also say College Football Guide as well. Still available, still yep. relevant this week. Sign up, com slash subscribe get both the guides as a uh, VEASAN subscriber. So a, a ton of great content. I try to get a little bit little bit from you guys, a little bit from everyone. And uh, I think we had another great product this is the third one that mm. I've done. I think gets a little better each year.
1: Ben, I, I think that's something to highlight too, is the fact that, yeah, the guide has dropped now, uh, but it's evergreen, really. I mean, the way that you guys produce this guide uh, with the information too, as things change along the way each and every week, uh, you can still go back to this guide for that resource and that information.
7: Yeah, and I think as you guys just had Aaron Moore on, an interesting way, right, try to get different perspectives, breaking down the MVP market, certainly, more from like a portfolio perspective as well. And I think there's so many different ways to handicap the NFL. The MVP market is fascinating because throughout the season, like you said, you're going to have such variation in odds. And so you kind of have to see who's going to have the primetime matchups, who's the media going to be talking about. Maybe they're talking about Aaron Rodgers for on-the-field or off-the-field issues. They're still talking about Aaron Rodgers. So figuring that out as well as the play, I think there's a lot of different perspectives in the guide as well. Is Aaron Rodgers on the Joe
4: Rogan podcast recently? Something like that, huh? Yeah.
7: I heard that. I yeah. heard that recently, yeah. Uh, all
4: right, so we were talking about MVP with Aaron. So let, really quickly on that, you know, you keep track of everything uh, in terms of the wagers and the popular ones at that. From an MVP standpoint, is it as simple as Josh Allen's like the most popular wager selection for
7: MVP? He's the most popular. I think you guys hit on him a bit, though. Derek Carr yeah. as well has some, and Justin Herbert. It's, it's kind of the guys you'd expect. Not as much Tom Brady, I think. Uh, whatever it's, the mass Singer, whatever rumors you have, for it just generally is a little off in Tampa Bay. I think also, as we'll talk about, basically I just ran out of the amount of teams I could talk about. The Bucks are certainly a public team. A ton of bettors betting under 11 and a half for them, but still betting them to win the Super Bowl, win the NFC. So I think feeling like they just need to get into the postseason, again, that kind of correlates with Tom Brady not necessarily having an MVP season. Yeah. And, you know, he's done it before. He knows he just has to get in the postseason. I'm not saying the motivation isn't there necessarily, right. but I think for Justin Herbert, for Josh Allen, it's there and you expect those teams to kind of take the next step.
4: Wait, can we rewind for a second? Is that the rumor? Is that why he missed the time Tom Brady? To be on the mass
7: Singer? I don't want to go down a rabbit them. hole. You didn't hear this Reddit yeah. thread? And no, really? Th- oh, was, yeah. That was one of them. Yeah, that was um, one of them. Yeah. I wow. guess
1: life gets tough at 45. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to remember at 45, was life tough? Uh, but I, I wasn't married to a supermodel, uh, right? Wait, how old are you? I'm 53. I'll be 53. I'm 52. Get out of here, yeah. really. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you were that um, old. I am. I'll, I'll freely admit that. But at 45, how could, years older than me. Yeah, how tough could that be for Tom Brady, though? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, to me, <laughs> And I had this discussion across the country, really, about the, it's a departure for Tom that mm-hmm. we know of. Like, remember the stories about Tom running to meetings because he didn't want to be late? Uh, you know, those stories are out there. Uh, but yet, he's already planning for his retirement with the, the arena and with all these other things. And then, okay, I had it in my contract that I can just leave camp uh, for a number of days because I'm 45 now. So it's just a departure, but yet, I wonder how people are going to perceive uh, that factor of Tom Brady.
7: Yeah, listen— you bet against Tom Brady at your own peril, right? Right, and especially in the playoffs. Last year they didn't come through, but for the most part they do. I think we saw that a couple years ago when he went to uh, to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. They were kind of the team in vogue, right? You had all of those bets, people potentially knowing he was going to Tampa Bay early, getting some value, but the public lining up. They certainly have lined up on the Bills. Mm-hmm. I think they're a deserving favorite. Uh, ton of tickets, ton of liability everywhere. But, man, the AFC is tough, and I think, you know, you can make an argument the AFC this year might be one of the toughest conferences we've ever seen, especially that AFC West too. So a lot of contenders for the Super Bowl. So what are some I mean, of the, obviously, liability builds up quick for some of the longer shots. Uh, what are
4: some of the longer shots we're seeing on the board that people are taking?
7: Yeah, our hometown, Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. Uh, th- this was kind of the thing that stood out to me the most in talking to bookmakers for this piece. is just, you would expect, right, station casinos, the Westgate, uh, and other kind of local books, you'd have a ton of tickets, number one in tickets, number one in handle, and the liability on the Raiders. But this is really across the country. You know, this is at Caesars, this is at DraftKings, this is some other national books operating in 10, 12 more states. And the, the Raiders just, I think they're about 40 to 1 right now, kind of number one in handle, number one or two in tickets at almost every book that I spoke with. I think that's the Devontae Adams effect, certainly. And they were a good team. I think Derek Carr is about 14th in QBR. They pulled out a lot of close games. Everybody saw that right wild <laughs> Week 18 game against the Chargers. I think just in that division you kind of you could make certainly a case for every team winning and every team coming in last i think people that's kind of the hot team right now and look that offense is terrific defense a couple questions i'd say there but at 40 to 1 i think people see the value on that public's lining up on that right now
1: what about another public team i mean jbt and i we talked about the broncos and you know that trade with russell wilson affected multiple markets, I think three of them, the MVP, Division, and then certainly uh, the AFC Conference. So uh, from a liability standpoint, uh, what are the books saying about Russell Wilson and the Broncos?
7: Yeah, Russell Wilson's an interesting one, right, because he's been such an elite quarterback, and then last year didn't scramble as much. You didn't really see it. I think he's still being priced in as that elite quarterback, Mm -hmm. and public still are going to back Russell Wilson, back the Broncos. I still think, though, they're probably third or fourth in terms of that division in terms of liability you know a couple books they had I think 46 percent of all bets to win the AFC West at Caesars were on the Raiders so again you're gonna have the Raiders the Chargers and Justin Herbert very public team and oh yeah there's the Kansas City Chiefs who just seem to win the division year after year after year that are also there so I think the Broncos will continue to be a public team but man the AFC West is just so tough and so interesting this year. So we saw in the offseason that um Utah
4: State took a national championship bet, right? Great right, write up on it, everything like that. <laughs> Three. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. multi yeah, <laughs> me, Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, there's no team like, let's say, I don't know, the Steelers or the Lions that are getting betted or betted, bet.
7: Are they? Those two, in wow, fact. really? Those two. <laughs> wow. What a, what a setup, JBT. It's like you've read my article or something. Uh, the Lions, again, I think this is a mix, right? With the hard knocks effect. Dan Campbell, love him, hate him. He is captivating. Can to I just watch, say really quick no quickly, matter what?
4: I watched the opening speech for him. I had no idea what he was saying. There <laughs> was something about an ocean and pulling people in. I
7: that was not one where I was like, Super Bowl team, baby. I yes. have no
4: idea yeah. what people are saying. With yes.
7: Him. So they they Again, just about every book I spoke with, ton of Super Bowl liability, ton of NFC North liability, ton of over win total liability. Mm. I think if I had to characterize it in terms of the NFC North, Sharps public love the Lions, hate the Bears. A lot of Bears under money, fewer Super Bowl bets at a lot of books, love the Lions. DraftKings, their second largest liability bet, they took $2,000 at the, uh, excuse me, 150 to $1 on the Lions to win the Super Bowl. Just a ton of Lions money. And like you said, the Steelers as well. Around 100 to 1, which, right, for the Steelers seems like a long shot. Now, yeah. uh, again, uh, I think a lot of the liability that had built up there was, is Deshaun Watson going there? Is yeah. Russell Wilson yeah. going there? Early on, I talked to Ed Sammons. He said, I can't work a shift without saving money on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. So this is also the public building up uh, over the course of the preseason here too. And Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record, right? He's gone 8-8 and or better each year. So you figure they're going to be in the mix. I-, I told the bookmakers, listen, as a Vikings fan, if the Steelers win the Super Bowl with Mitch Trubisky before my Vikings win a Super Bowl, I'm out. I'm just I'm <laughs> out on the NFL. I don't see it. But the public certainly has been taking their shots as well. Steelers to win the AFC North 10-1 to too. Yeah,
1: just a little bit of time here left on the program uh, or the segment, Ben. You know, a lot of information that you tweet out. Uh, it's in regards to some massive, massive bets that you'll see across the way and uh, you, information you gathered from the bookmakers, too. I'm curious, uh, as a better myself, is there still that uh, element that they're trying to influence lines? Like, or, like some of the information uh, you received, uh, I'm just curious about the, the thought process that maybe people could influence lines looking for a better number.
7: The betters influencing or a single better, you mean? Well, not a single better. Yeah, maybe maybe a single better. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the things that stood out is just there's so much money in the pot mm. now as okay. well. Uh, you know, talking to bookmakers, we're now going to have over 50 billion dollars with mm. a B bet on sports, the NFL and everything else come September. And each state really has its own local team as well, right. So and you're seeing that a lot more. I think that was what was so interesting with the Raiders. And kind of how in every single state they were one of the top liabilities. We're going to see that Louisiana with the Saints, Denver with Colorado with the Broncos, etc. It's going to be fascinating to watch. It's going to be another exciting NFL season. Yeah,
4: it is. It always is. Ben Fox, multiple um, write-ups all over the website, but the College for Excuse Me, the Pro Football Betting Guide. Check out what bookmakers think in some of the uh, three teams taking big money at sportsbooks. Ben, thank you very much. Great information as always, and a great job reading everybody's work too. We'll come back. We have predictions for the big thing, the whole enchilada, Pritch.
2: this is Feason's Pro Football Betting Guide. On Veeson, the Sports Betting Network
4: football season folks betters know this is when the money is made nobody knows football like v announce and now's the time to become a Vsin subscriber and get our comprehensive college of pro guides only v subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats power ratings plus best bets on season win totals division finishes and player awards sign up early and for a discounted $175 you will see both guides and full v access all the way through the Super Bowl or join us for 40 bucks a month and see everything v has to up your betting game go to slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network we've done a great job in giving you a really good look at the pro football betting guide but it's not over with not over with by a long shot you're going to get more of this throughout the day for the next three hours a little bit more of a deeper dive and hearing from more and more folks who contributed to the pro football betting guide Pritch. so mm-hmm. with that let's talk some big picture stuff take a look at the AFC as a whole. We all submitted our predictions, divisions, wild cards, AFC, NFC champions and then of course Super Bowl champion. So I'll just start with that. As you looked at uh, looked around at the big picture in the AFC, who ended up being your top 7 teams and were there some teams that you really wrestled with when projecting out, hey, you know what, I think this is a playoff team but ultimately I can't do it because Team X suppl- supplanted
1: them. Yeah, I mean, uh, my top seven teams there in AFC, the Bills, Bengals, Colts, Chargers, Ravens, Chiefs, and Raiders. Um, I left out the Broncos, one of my former teams. I, I just yeah. I, I think offensive line uh, situation. I, I know Russell Wilson is incredible, but you have a combination of him and Hackett uh, trying to figure it out along the way. Uh, they're down a receiver too, Tim Patrick. They're looking for another guy, which he'll find, but can – Jerry Judy step up and be a, a top-flight receiver. We'll see. I, I think the talent is there. Cortland Sutton, last year, the last time I checked, was still playing with an knee brace. So he's still thinking about that ACL, right? And hopefully he won't do that this year. And, uh, and then a the running game, too. I wonder how tough and physical the Broncos can be. Uh, they're going to need to do that. Uh, so I, I, I don't have them making the playoffs. But uh, in terms of the AFC wrestling around, I mean, I think the Bengals are improved on paper. Uh, they have a young core, 25 years or younger in which they can grow together, and they have, and, and they went to the Super Bowl last year. So I think that they'll follow that up. Uh, I believe so. Uh, the Ravens, the only question mark I have about them uh, in terms of what they can do through the playoffs is, is Lamar Jackson, mm. right? And, and how is he going to evolve uh, through the season uh, as a quarterback? I love the culture out there with the Ravens. I love what Harbaugh has done. Uh, but the Bills, uh, the Bills are the class of, of the AFC to me. Uh, the Chiefs told us that they needed to the tinker, And they did, and they are. Uh, They still have to make it work, but yet you have Patrick Mahomes uh, to help you along the way there too. And then the Colts, certainly I believe the Colts are going to surprise folks from the standpoint that they could be a Super Bowl team. Uh, They're built perfectly from the trenches uh, inside out, but can they execute? Can Matt Ryan put it together uh, with this cast? Uh, And certainly can it be consistent along the way too? But no, those are the teams. I think the Raiders are going to surprise people too. The Raiders are too good on paper. I think Derek Carr... Uh, much maligned and rightly so. so he does not he, have
4: a. We use the term underrated uh, quite a bit. He's okay. actually he's the definition of underrated. But uh, he doesn't have a playoff win. Yeah. So how can you underrate him? Right. I, I, mean, I think from the standpoint of like he is often. Like you said malign, Like I think a lot of people view him as like, I, I, straight up just not a good quarterback. And I think that's not the case. I think if you're a team right. that is a quarterback away right. per se, Derek Carr could definitely be the quarterback that pushes you over the edge to yeah. contention. So you know right what I mean? Pieces. I won't. I won't spin it. Yeah. A lot of people think he's afraid. Yeah. Yeah, like because Joey Bosa, I think, said it. I think was it the year before? Yeah, he did. Right. Uh,
1: so players, their, their level of respect for Derek Carr just isn't there now. He doesn't have a playoff win either. And you're what? You're a nine. Mm-hmm. How how can you still be a starting quarterback? I mean, you got other quarterbacks floating around. Uh, Garoppolo. He's played in the Super Bowl, but yet he's floating around right now. So, uh, no, I, so if Derek Carr puts it together, though, with everything that he's ever wanted, obviously he, he could have a magical year there. So that's how I came to the conclusion with those AFC teams right there.
4: Yeah, we're pretty much lock and step. I mean, when you look at it, Bills, Ravens, Colts, uh, my outlier here, at least in terms of our expert predictions, I, I did pick the Raiders to win the AFC West. It be mm-hmm. a little bit different with, okay. with some of these predictions. But I also think, again, when you're talking about looking at this from the betting standpoint, right, and again, like we always talk about value. Mm-hmm. By the way that I project these teams, the probability of the Raiders winning that division I think is higher than the market's giving them credit for. Right. Uh, and then Chiefs, Chargers, as those wildcard teams, Bengals in there as well. But I want to hit on something you mentioned because the Colts were a near-unanimous election to win the AFC South uh, by everybody in the uh, guide. Right? I think everybody but two, Ben Fox, who we just spoke to, and Dave Tooley picked the Colts to win the AFC South. Tooley and Fox picked the Titans. Mm-hmm. But I think it's actually pretty, pretty eloquent because – I think the Colts have the potential to be the Titans from a season ago where you look up and they're like, well, they're the number one seed, only because they have the third easiest schedule in the NFL. And I think there are pieces along this defense that are set to hit if they're going to be a little bit better this year. Their front seven is, I think, pretty underrated, actually, Mm -hmm. with how good they can be. Mm -hmm. And Matt Ryan in this offense has some real potential with Jonathan Taylor and I think Michael Pittman, we were arguing about him earlier. Uh, Mm -hmm. Pittman is a good candidate to have a solid year for him. I think when you put these things together with one of the easier schedules, I don't know if they're going to be among the best teams in the NFL, but the opportunity is going to be there to take advantage of that schedule and thus compete for one of the top seeds in the AFC.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, that's what I mean from a surprise standpoint with the Colts that uh, we could look up and they're in the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, nobody's even anticipating that because of how deep the AFC is. I mean, look at all these other quarterbacks. But, okay, you want to ride that trend too, new quarterback, new location, that kind of thing uh, the last couple of years with Brady and – and Stafford. Uh, But look at the essence of those rosters, though, too, though. I mean, uh, Matt Ryan, did he step into a team that potentially could win a Super Bowl? I say yes, Mm -hmm. because Earth Day is saying that. I mean, you don't just... Knee jerk and get rid of a quarterback that you traded for? Do you? I mean, unless you think you have a Super Bowl roster.
4: I last year one of my favorite tickets. I had the Colts at forty to one to win the AFC, and going into that matchup with Jacksonville, they were one. I think we forget because we just remember the gaffe against Jacksonville. They were one of the hotter teams. A lot of the market had a lot of respect to them. Their odds to win the the AFC had been cut down to I think about twelve or ten to one something. I loved where I was at with the Indianapolis Colts. And then they they lose that game to Jacksonville yeah. and everything falls apart. Oh. So, like, that's going to be a team that if you can supplant that, and mm-hmm. we talked about Carson Wentz not grading out well as a passer, Matt Ryan still has a baseline of production right. that if you just plug that into that offense, there's a pretty good chance that this team gets maximized in terms of their potential. So. I think that quarterback room
1: is unlike any other quarterback room we've seen. Two yeah. starting quarterbacks at the Super Bowl uh, in that quarterback room, which, again, along the way of a long season – if anything should happen, you're not going to lose any confidence there. Yep.
4: All right, NFC, who are your seven teams uh, in the NFC? All right,
1: I'm I reluctant now, but I did pick the Cowboys. Uh, this was prior to the injury with the offensive line, but I did send that in. The Cowboys will win the division. I, I know the Eagles are right there, but I do have the Eagles uh, making the playoffs as a wild card. And again, the NFC, I think the wild card team could wind themselves uh, up in the Super Bowl because of how the NFC, to me, is wide open. Uh, I got the Packers winning their division, the Saints uh, I don't know if that's a surprise or not. I, I, everything's crumbling around. Tom Brady, his last year, uh, light at the end of the tunnel. All of those cliches if you want to go there. And then I got the 49ers uh, coming out winning their division, too. I got the Vikings, Eagles, and Rams. I mean, think about those three teams as wild cards right there. That's why uh, the situation of a wild card team winding themselves up in a Super Bowl uh, uh, is is a good good healthy degree right there of happening this year. Uh,
4: that's what I think the NFC is fascinating. So for me, uh, I went Eagles to mm-hmm. win the NFC. I went a little bit more, like a little off board. Not really. Okay. Eagles to win the NFC East. Vikings to win the NFC North. Saints to win the NFC South. You and I echo those sentiments. And again, it's similar to what the Raiders except more of a probable shot that it happens. I don't think the market's giving enough credit for how good the Saints team could potentially be. Right. Their wide receiver room is awesome. Right. Absolutely tremendous. And mm-hmm. Jameis Winston, we can make fun of him all he wants. He shoved some really positives, good positives a season ago. Mm -hmm. And even if he gets uber aggressive Jameis, that's a wide receiver core that he could really take advantage of. So I like the potential of them. Uh, And then after that Rams win the NFC West. But think about you to your point, the three and the NFC wild cards that I have Mm -hmm. Bucks Packers 49ers like that's that's a, a conference but throw them in a hat, shake it up, pull one out. Would you really be surprised if any of those seven teams made it to a Super
1: Bowl? Yeah, not at all. I mean, the Rams, unprecedented how hot they got down the stretch there uh, at the end of the year. Uh, and then the year before when Tom Brady, yep. they were undefeated down the stretch as they put it together, too. So uh, I think the NFC kind of sets themselves up that way. Uh, maybe the Packers are going to try to duplicate that if they can, but they got to figure it out before then, though. All right. AFC and NFC champs, Yes, got? I, I got the Bills chalky right there. I, I just... I mean, Josh Allen, look, I I think he's looking for another level with his game. And he has the incentive to do so and the motivation to do so. And then I got to 49ers, and here's why. Uh, The Shanahan family, uh, I I am unique. Uh, I got great knowledge about this family and what they think and how they think. Uh, And for them to move off of Garoppolo for the future of Trey Lance tells me Kyle's going to get very, very creative Mm -hmm. with his playbook. Uh, And so, I mean, I think about RG3, his first year. He had 27 total touchdowns, 20 passing only five INTs uh, and then he had seven rushing touchdowns too. So uh, I, I just think then the 10 of six record for Washington back then uh, if the 49ers can put it together with Trey Lance, that's an incredible, incredible
4: roster. They have seven of our analysts picked the Buffalo bills to win the NFC or the, excuse me, the AFC mm-hmm. uh, for me. Colts and Vikings uh, are my conference championship selections. Colts elections. Vikings. Colts Vikings. You're a Colts fan. Well, I'm a Colts fan. Uh, you were just talking about, about a Super Bowl <laughs> team. You can't come at me like that. I'm not a fan. Though. Oh, come on. Colts <laughs> Vikings with the Colts taking out the uh, the Minnesota Vikings in a Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. I like, I it. like it. Hey, come the Vikings, on, man. Vikings, huh? You got to go a little different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Especially in a conference that is, looks like it's going to be every which way. Like. I'll take the, my shot with the Vikings. I mean, good upward mobility.
1: Yeah. Think about rosters, Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they are a couple players away yeah. from having a
4: horrible season. Seriously, from an injury standpoint. Absolutely agree. All right. Mike Pritchard again. Uh, as the week goes on, we got our new lineups. So you're going to be all over the place as yeah. well, as will <laughs> I. Make sure you stick around. You want more analysis on this Pro Football Betting Guide, which is out now, and you should subscribe. It's here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Zumo Play.